Hello, and welcome to Better Betting. Here are your hosts, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill, and the ruler of the replays, Eric Rubin. Hey, and welcome to Better Betting. My name is Eric Rubin, and I'm here with my partner, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill. GQ, how be you? Oh, it's great, Eric. It's March, middle of March. We've got past the Ides of March. Today, we're recording this on St. Patty's Day, so everybody's in a good mood. Uh, spring is in the air. It's that time of year everybody looks forward to. They're, they're all just jacked up for the March Madness, and you know what I'm talking about, a three-year-old prep race in fairgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And wait a minute. You said it's springtime. I just wrapped a soccer game yesterday in 35-degree weather and shorts when it started snowing during the game. So not exactly springtime here uh, in New York, but hopefully soon. But, yeah, we'll, we'll be covering ways at fairgrounds a little later. We'll talk about uh, last week we got into uh, the Oaklawn uh, stakes races there, including the Rebel. And we had what we called, I think both of us, the easy peasy uh, rebel stakes. I don't want to like tout me or you for, you know, having an eight to five shop, but had a river was to me such a phony getting easy leads. I didn't even think it was close between the two of them. What do you think of the race after watching it? Uh, any, any thoughts change? What do you think of concert tour, et cetera? Well, I, I was actually surprised how the race was run. I don't know if that was the plan, but Concert Tour broke such alert, so alertly that had had no other choice than to go out and you know take him to the front, and he beat Candu River to to um, the rail, and uh, just took Candu River out of his game. Whether or not Candu River would have ran any different if he was given the lead, like a lot of these other prep races we've witnessed so far. Um, but, uh, Hey, um, who was the, uh, there was a track announcer. Oh, uh, the famous, uh, recently retired, I think last year, the quarter horse at Los Al, uh, the quarter horse guy, uh, Ed Burgart, his famous line was he keeps getting stronger as the race goes longer. And that's exactly what concert tour did. He just pulled away from everybody. And, but the, the sad thing is, yeah, we, we both really liked him. We thought he, he was, uh, you know, if ever, everybody was on Candu River, uh, he was the only other choice. But ironically, you know, you, you know, and I, I, people who listen know that I'm all about physical handicapping and seeing how horses look on the track. And I thought Baffert's other horse, Hozier, looked the best on the track. So you would have thought I would have, Plop down an exacto. Nah, nah. Just sat there and watched Concertor win. So eight to five in a horizontal versus having a nice exacto. Yeah, well, we spoke. I I lost a lot of sleep this weekend. Um, <laughs> on Saturday, we had a um, dog training appointment at about five o'clock. I think it was. I can't remember. And that cost and you a few thousand? What's that? <laughs> And that oh, yeah, ultimately cost you tens of thousands? Uh, it cost me probably five figures. No, no exaggeration. If you want, you can go back and listen to the program last week. But uh, I thought Cattle River was 
I don't want to say a joke, but I, he was not on my tickets. And keep me in mind. Uh, also, I didn't like it all. I've liked him in the past last year, but I didn't like him at all. So I said, I'm getting rid of them. Concert tour on top. Big Lake would be my the only other horse I really like. And there was one other horse, the five horse came last where I said I didn't have a chance. So basically, it was going to be um, Concert tour on top. Big Lake mostly second. Uh, and then three other horses, including the Baffert, who came in second, uh, you know, for, for the other pieces. So mostly concert on top. Anyway, I had to put in the bet or a bet early because I wasn't sure how long this training was going to take. I thought a half hour to an hour. So I put my exacta in that we talked about the bet of the week uh, early in the day just to have it. And then said, eh, let me wait because I want to see the price. On paper, the concert was such a standout. He might go up two to five. I was shocked he didn't. Not shocked, but surprised a little bit because the people who bet the big money know a little better usually. Um, so I'm like, let me wait. Anyway, the dog training lasts forever. I wasn't getting good service anyway. I was being, I couldn't be rude. I was trying to get my phone. In fact, at one point it was indoors. This lady was like working with the dog. She's like, you want to take him out? He might have to go to bed. And I tried to get on my phone. And I was having problems. Well, in the end, I didn't get to make any other bets on the race. I would have had the super a couple times. I don't mean a dime a couple times. I mean a dollar a few times at least. Um, if Big Lake would have come second, I would probably would have had like five times if I got my bet in. But uh, as it is, the super paid twenty two hundred for a buck. The bare minimum I would have had is two dollars. I probably would have had closer to five dollars, which would have been over ten grand. I would have had the triple easily several times, which paid one hundred forty one for fifty cents. So times that by five or ten at least. Oh, and then to top things off, the one bet I did make, and I didn't even get to watch the race. I watched the replay when my wife was driving us home because it was way after. And I see Big Lake get body checked by, what was it, Florent Giroux. You can say his name later because I'm angry at him. And Big Lake was clearly going to be second, got yep. knocked sideways in the stretch, and then comes in third. So at least if he came in second, I would have had, I think I had like 40 bucks on the exact end. It was paying $69. So I would have collected over a thousand bucks just that without getting my other bets in. So nothing seemed to go right. It was so frustrating. I've never handicapped a race so well. Tossed two horns where I thought I had no shot really, and they did nothing. So very frustrating. I mentioned Sunday, I had a, a pretty good day. Not that I want to brag or anything, but uh, I mentioned the Wasabi Ventures chat early in the morning that I think I'm crazy, but I'm singling, uh, I don't even know his name. Is it Carlos Lugo at Gulfstream, a 12 to one morning line choice in race three? And I singled him. So I had the, uh, you know, nice pick five, pick fours uh, a couple times and, and a few other things. But also on Sunday, the one day my wife decides she's not going to the barn. She rides horses. We have a horse. She always goes to the barn. And instead we did husband and wife things, which we never do. I was out all day doing different things and I couldn't get more bets. I just didn't have time. So I got my pick five and pick fours in or whatever. Might've had a pick three, but I don't think so. But I definitely would have bet that horse. I would have keyed him in things. And all my top choices were winning and at prices. So I can only imagine how much I would have made on that. So my point is that I did well this weekend. I got back to the plus for the year, which is good for me because I had a really good January, really bad February. I was ice cold and um, started off March really well now. So I'm happy about that being in the plus. But I literally, without exaggeration, could have gotten 15, 20 grand this weekend easily, easily or more. And I, I got a decent amount. But Oh, it was very frustrating. At least I, I did okay. <laughs> it's exactly. some of the frustration, but I, I even after winning six grand or something, I was still upset with myself. Between your Saturday and Sunday episodes, it it they they both sound like lost episodes from Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, um, <laughs> I can see you at the dog trainers trying, you know, with one hand trying to negotiate your uh, cell phone to try to get a bed in, holding the dog in the other hand, and then. Uh, Oh, and by the way, um, doing doing the husband and wife thing in, instead of betting, take it from somebody who knows. Doing that is a lot cheaper than divorce, <laughs> <laughs> because the D word will make what you lost on Saturday or what you didn't win on Saturday look like chump change. <laughs> so. <laughs> Work to those out there with better halves. I got uh, I got married a little later than than many people, though not crazy late, but like late thirties, but um, mid late thirties, whatever it was. But uh, always throughout my life, my friends knew they were like, you need a traveling saleswoman or something like that, you know, because I'm kind of an independent person. So luckily, I married someone very independent. But if she ever stops going to the barn for like six hours a day, I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I love her very much, but ooh, I don't know. So, uh, but anyway, no one wants to hear my, uh, my saga there. And I felt bad because I was like complaining, mostly our friend Tom. And I felt bad because I did win a, a good amount on Sunday. And meanwhile, I'm complaining about all these bets that I didn't get in. You know, it's kind of rude to do that when, uh, when you're winning. So, uh, but it was good because February was ice cold. But that's how I bet. And our bet of the week, if, if um, Laurent Giroux doesn't uh, hit my horse there, I collect, I think I had $30 exact in our challenge. And I checked it out. I would have paid just like eleven fifty or something like that over a thousand. So I'd be up like eight hundred something. And yeah. But besides the sad story here, the point is the way to bet. I mean, to me, that again, that's how I bet has been successful for you know several years now. Just bet where you just gotta hit one race, or you gotta win one day out of twenty days. If you bet like that, I mean, you're gonna get lucky once in a while. And yeah. I was cold in February. I barely cashed a ticket in February, but you know, that's one one weekend and you know, made it all back and more and could have made a lot more back. So that's my little betting advice. Um, as far as the three-year-old race or scene, we talked a little bit. We didn't really, I didn't say much about Constantor, but I just thought he stood out in that field uh, very much. Um, race impressed me, I guess. I'm just, you know, if you are a believer in Cattle River, then Constantor ran great. Wow, he put away, you know, the six to five favorite, whatever. He's not a believer in Cattle River, so I don't necessarily think he put away that much. Uh, but he ran well, and he's definitely one of the, the main contenders for the Derby. You know, I guess on most people's list, life is good. It's probably still at the top. He's like a better version of Cattle River, but he's just had everything his own way. Thing is, he's run much faster than Cattle River. So, listen, I respect life is good, but he's still got to prove to me that if someone goes with him, that that he can last. Uh, so, you know, life is good. Concert tour, they're towards the top of the list. I was big on Greatest Honor. Uh, I've soured on him a lot. I just don't think he's getting any faster. So I'm, I'm not with him at all right now. There's one more prep race. We'll see how he runs, but I'm way off of him. Then there's Essential Quality, who I didn't really get a good look at his last race. Like I watched it once. I wasn't betting that day, I don't think. So uh, I have to look again. It was his first race back. He got a 96 fire. So he's definitely in the picture. How about you? Any, any thoughts on the horses I mentioned or just anyone in the three-year-old picture? No, I mean... <laughs> Seems like every every week Baffert comes up with a new star, uh, so it's going to be the um, the way it's going. It seems like it's going to be the Baffert Invitational on the first Saturday of May, as usual. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, <laughs> the way things are going, who knows? Uh, might have, uh, I doubt it, but um, uh, with the the prep races this weekend with the Louisiana Derby. 
will any of those horses step up, you know, cause a stir, but no, I, I, you know, unfortunately it's kind of obvious how things are playing out. You know, it's there, there isn't, uh, there isn't any, I don't know, drama, let's say, you know, know. until, until probably in April, I, I hate the. I, I won't mention names, but you know, there's always the inevitable. Some horse came, you know, was hurt or has a bad hoof or whatever, and is off the Derby trail. So um, hopefully, but as 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 the rest of these play out over the next three or four weeks, um, more more will come together. I I would just like to see, and it'll be interesting since life is good as a speed horse, but you know. Concertor one gate the wire, but I don't think he he, he can he can sit off horses. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I I just like to see a nice mix of you know horses that can stalk horses that are on the lead because in that way uh, nobody has an advantage. You know it's not going to be a too quick of a pace setting it up for a closer like Greatest Honor or vice versa. Uh, I just hate that. Uh, um, and unfortunately, that's the way the last couple of years the Derby's been. If you didn't pick a horse that was with a, a length or two, once they hit the back stretch on Churchill Downs, you weren't cashing a winning ticket. And, that, and you know, I, it might be the same this year. You know what? Since they went to this point system, I, I, don't, I didn't do the research and I didn't check it out. But since they went to the point system, it's really changed the Derby in a way that I don't like because you just don't get those – kind of sprinters stretching out because the sprint races are not getting yeah. points. So I'm, I'm like blanking on names, but those horses that like to go that was our pack from the Derby, you know, horses like that, you know, he was, but yeah, <laughs> horses like that, they don't, uh, you know, they don't it's exist anymore first. in the Derby. So you get a horse like authentic, just go to the lead and doesn't look back. So, you know, we'll see. The one thing I would say, you mentioned Baffert, he definitely has, you know, probably the strongest hand, I guess, but I will say there's another trainer. I don't want to give away the apple card today in the, you know, what we're talking about, but there is another trainer that if you said, if you had a better trainer to win the Derby right now, I think I would not choose Bedford. Believe it or not, there's another trainer I might pick at this very moment. You have any idea who it is or well, put you on the spot? Yeah, you're putting me on the spot, but uh, no, I can't, I can't think offhand. All right, Brad Cox. I really think he has a big shot this year, and I think he has a bigger shot right now if the Derby were, you know, next week or something like that. So okay. we'll see, and, and we'll talk about him today. Uh, he, of course, has – I hope I'm right because if I'm wrong, I'm going to look like an idiot, which is nothing uncommon. But I'm pretty sure he has essential quality too, who to me is still one of the favorites for the – well, he's definitely one of the favorites, but to me he's still right up there. He ran 96 off the layoff. I thought he got a pretty good setup. I mentioned I didn't really watch the race that carefully – but he was off a layoff, got a 96 buyer with a good setup, but he should improve off of that. You would think second start. So, you know, he's definitely there. I thought he got a great setup in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. So I wasn't a huge fan. You know, I, I know he's good, but I just thought he had a great setup. So I think his last race was, you know, a step in the right direction. Um, and then Mandaloon too, we'll talk about later today. I don't want to talk about it too much now because we need people to listen up and hold on. Was there anything else you want to mention before we get into uh, the races at the track that you're making me bet against my better judgment and against my conscience? I'm going to have to go to my rabbi and, um, you know, I'm going to 
atone for my sins on Yom Kippur. I usually am so perfect. We atone for our sins. I'm going to have to atone for betting fairgrounds, which I'm still not convinced I'm going to bet because of my uh, ethical differences with them. But uh, anything else? <laughs> no, I say without further ado, let's uh, go down to the big easy and uh, talk about five races. All right. So the late pick five on Saturday at the fairgrounds, or Saturday, March 20th, starts with race 10, the Tom Benson Memorial. Of course, Tom Benson, the owner of the Saints, if I'm not mistaken, who was big in the horse uh, racing game down there as well, passed away pretty recently, if I'm not mistaken. So this is a, uh, what do we say, mile and 16th on the turf. And there's a couple of horses here I kind of like, but I don't have a strong opinion on this race. Uh, the horse I think is most likely, to, well, I shouldn't say most likely, the horse I would bet uh, is the 12, Hatch a Bid. Now, as we speak here, we're recording this on Wednesday evening. There were no morning lines out, so I'm stalling as I talk here to do one last check if there are morning lines uh, out for Saturday, but I believe they're still not out, and I just checked. Good stall, job. Uh, so, yeah, there's no morning lines. I'm assuming catch a bid will be a little bit of a price. So what do I like about the 12 catch a bid? Well, yet Louis Saez in the irons for Joe Sharp. This is a horse who ran pretty good figures as a two-year-old. In fact, as a two-year-old uh, – I'm sorry, two-year-old – as a four-year-old last year, ran some pretty good figures, uh, 89, 88 buyers consistently, mostly at Saratoga. Ran against some decent horses. Actually finished ahead of the Likus in this race. Finished uh, neck behind Varenka uh, two years ago. So, in other words, had some backlash. But the return race off of about a six-month or five-month layoff was pretty impressive to me. Uh, he, she ran uh, January 31st at Sam Houston in a stakes race there. And I think we actually, uh, I know I bet that race. I don't know if it was you or a friend Tom I was talking to, uh, but a few people, uh, friends of mine were betting it was a big day or carryover. I forgot what it was. And um, Catchman ran pretty well. I know the time looks slow and they're saying the variant was a, a four, meaning the turf was playing very fast, but he did, she did have to duel a horse. That was a 15 to one shot, but that horse faded. And this horse uh, ran pretty well. I mean, it was expected to get tired off the layoff. Shedding five pounds, which I don't really care that much about, but for those who are into weight, can't hurt. But I just like the comeback. I'm 80 buyer, but to me, it was better than that based on the duel. First start off a layoff. Yeah, she's five, so how much better is she going to get than she was last year? Probably not. But that's good enough for races last year to win this. I don't think it's a tough field here necessarily. So I like catch a bit the most. I like that she has speed. She can be on the lead. She can be off the lead. She can make her own trip. You got Louis Saez. There's a long, long run to the turn. So uh, trip should not be an issue, you would think. So, yeah, I definitely like catch a bid the most here for what I expect to be a decent price. The other horse uh, that I would bet is the two Dominga, who um, for Brad Cox and Laurent Giroux, he owes me. So, Giroux and Cox with Dominga, I actually, if you remember, I was going to use him about three weeks ago or two weeks ago when we did Gulfstream. He was scheduled to make his comeback and he got scratched that day. No, I don't know the inner workings here. Maybe I should have tried to reach out. I don't know if they, you know, if I tell them I am a podcast host of Better Betting if Brad Cox would have got back to me, but I'm not sure why, he, why she scratched. I, I, I really don't know. So I'm not going to guess, you know, maybe this wasn't the target. That's probably not a good thing, but I will say there was no speed in that race uh, that day at, um, at Gulfstream. Today, there's, you know, at least a little bit of speed. So better chance today based on the pace setup, I would think, or Saturday, I say today. But Domingo ran pretty good races last year as a three-year-old. Uh, she had some decent trips overall. 
But if she has any progress off of that she, and she's ready off the break, she's arguably the best horse in this field or right up there. I know Delica we'll talk about, but, um, you know, Dominga, the question is, is she ready? But Brand Cox, you know, usually has them ready. So I'm not that worried about fitness and all that. And like I said, any improvement off her three-year-old numbers and four-year-olds often improve, you know, from three years old as they mature. Uh, she definitely has a shot. She likes fairgrounds. She's three races, two wins, one second. So Dominga and um, Catcher Bid would be my, my top two with the 12 Catcher Bid, the first choice. After that, there seems like a lot of horses who are similar. Delica is going to be the favorite. I, I assume Delica is going to be about two to one in this race, maybe even a little shorter, eight to five range. I'm assuming the morning line will be either two to one, nine to five, probably two to one morning line. And nothing wrong with Delica. I just think she's had some really good trips. She's that second last time off a long shot, his glory, who was in this race. And she's a fine horse. I've bet her in the, in the past. I'm nothing against her. Uh, in fact, she won my, my big pick five last year. She was, uh, she was the winner there when she beat, beat Medita. Pick five paid about 26 grand. And Delica was six to one. Medita, who was the other horse I used in that race, was like 12 to one. So it would have been like a 50,000 pick five she didn't win. So I'm happy Delica won, but she also cost me a lot of money in a way. But Delica is, is a favorite. Nothing wrong with her, like I said. I'd just rather take a chance because I don't think she's getting better. She's five. She is what she is. Her best races were great setups. So I'm mostly on Catcher Dominga, but a bunch of them can win this race. Uh, your thoughts, VQ? Yeah, as far as Dominga, the, uh, the horse I'm kind of leaning toward is the eight horse past the plate. Uh, Dominga has basically, uh, well, uh, got the best of uh, past the plate back last February Uh when Dominga ran second past plate was two and a quarter back. And then two races later past the plate uh, was probably looked like about uh, a length ahead of Dominga, but the, Dominga uh, didn't have the cleanest of trips. So you'd say Dominga's the better of the two, but I kind of like how past the plate uh, ran, ran her best, uh, turf brisnet number uh first time as a four-year-old um against four-year-olds and up um even though uh delica and temple city terror got the best of her i think that was a big effort off off of the uh um bench and uh i don't know may, maybe uh she's just maturing leaps and bounds and uh you know, she'll, she'll be able to turn the tables on Dominga. Um, the other horse, even though this horse isn't going to, or this filly isn't going to be the favorite, but the 11, the other Brad Cox horse, uh, dream a little dream of you. It's interesting that uh, out of the seven races of the three, this, this filly has won. They're the only three races that she was heavy favorite and she didn't disappoint. <laughs> you know, uh, the, the, the waters are getting deeper today, but um, uh, a very, very interesting filly uh, in that. Um, other than that, uh, I agree with you. The leak is probably going to be the morning line chalk. Uh, pretty, pretty much her entire, uh, or not entire career, but over the past uh, year, um, she, she's always uh, bet on, and especially... In this particular race, it's not graded. Uh, she'll she'll definitely be the one. So, 
Uh, yeah, I if I had to narrow it down to one, uh, I'd probably lean on past the plate at a price. Probably. Yeah, you'll get a price. I wonder if Dream a Little Dream of You for Brad Cox is in here to get a page for Dominga, kind of like a rabbit, like we saw last week with uh, with Whitmore and uh, the other horse that they entered. So that could be the case too. And, and there could be a pace between uh, the one and Dream a Little Dream of You and there's a little other speed in here. So um, I, I, I'm thinking that's why that horse is in here. Not that she's impossible, but that's what I'm thinking. And as far as um, the horse you mentioned, Pass the Plate, they're all a bunch of these, including Delica, Pass Plate. They're coming out of that Al Stahl Memorial uh, race about a month ago at Fairgrounds. And Pass and Plate had the widest trip. She wasn't that wide. She was like two to three wide, uh, the trip. So she ran a, a little more ground than the others. And like you said, that was her first race against four-year-olds. So maybe she's getting better. The only thing is she's had so many races. So is she getting better now? And her numbers, at least buyers, did not improve last race. So And she wasn't gaining late. So I'm not... I'm not against her, but she does have to improve. Joy Epifora, the seven who was in that race, did have trouble and had a chance to win the race if she didn't get steady late. Hmm. So it would have been very close, I think, between her and Delica. So that's the good news for her. The bad news is she saved every inch of ground in the race. So if she would have won, it would have been with like the perfect of perfect trips. But I don't think she's that far off Delica. I think they're very similar and past the plate. I don't think it's as good as those two. Last race, slightly worse despite the wide trip, but she's not far off. And if she improves where they probably won't, uh, she could get the job done. So I'm not against any of those, but like I said, I'm, I'm sick with Kachabin and, and Dominguez, my two. And I mentioned I, I don't like betting fairgrounds for ethical reasons, so I'm not sure if I'm going to bet. But if I did, I would probably go skinny and small on this pick five and just use uh, Kachabin and Dominguez, the two and the 12. Do you have any, yeah. any final thoughts here? Just final thought is I looked at the long range forecast and the track, uh, they're, they're, they're not having any uh, precipitation over the last, uh, uh, over the next, toward the end of the week. So uh, the turf should be firm. So if you're doing any uh, handicapping that way, I know some, a lot of these races, these last races, the horses that we've talked about were, were on a yielding turf. So if that makes a difference in how the horse's past performances have run. Uh, some of these may have actually benefited from softer ground. So a little firmer turf, uh, you might want, want to look elsewhere. That's about it. All right, we go on to race 11, the New Orleans Classic. And a couple things about this race. First of all, if you can tell me who's going to be on the lead halfway through the race, <laughs> I think I have an idea, but... If you tell me who's going to be on the lead, and if you tell me, now I don't know, one reason I don't like betting fairgrounds besides my ethical dilemmas uh, is the fact that like they're about distances. I don't understand the times there, the runoffs, but this is going to be a, a slow pace you'd have to think unless something happens crazy. So if you can tell me who's going to be on the lead, I'll, I'll, I'll tell ahead. you. Can, can I, if I tell you who will be on the lead and I'm right, will that benefit? Can I make a wager for the challenge? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it works that way, but you'll get a little respect from me. Well, I'll get respect. Okay. Uh, it's going to be Roadster. All right. That's who I was thinking. Um, and, and in this race, I, I went through it. This is the race, by the way, out of the five, I have the least opinion on. So if you're someone who was trying to listen to my opinion, out of all the races, if you're going to listen, this is the one you probably shouldn't listen to. But I saw Roadster. You know, I know Roadster. I didn't really have to watch much in terms of replays, although I did. I'm like, yeah, I was never a Roadster fan and layoff away from the Baffert juice. I'm like, nah, I'm good. 
went on, went on, went on. Like, who the hell am I going to bet in this race? And guess what? I went back to Roadster. And if I had to pick a horse, you know, odds dependent, it would be Roadster. But if I didn't just pick a horse to win, regardless of the odds, I think I'd pick Roadster, which is scary. I mean, Stidham's good off the layoff and all, but who knows? Uh, I just, I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not in love with these horses for a grade two. This is a, whew, this is not a good grade two, I don't think. Now, Owendale is always a good horse. You know, he's always in the mix. He's run against some decent horses. He ran against the great Mystic Guide last time. So he definitely figures. But maybe these are just weaker than what he's running against, and he'll win because of that. But there's also no speed in the race. Now, if I remember, he ran in a race in Maryland. Yeah, Pimlico, the Pimlico Special, with no pace. And he ended up going, like, basically to the lead or even with the lead. And he hung on for second, but he didn't win that day either. So, I mean, Owendale's going to be there, you think? He has a decent shot. He's as good a choice as anyone, but you're going to get a short price and the horse that doesn't win much. Maybe a little bit of class relief will help him. So he's got a shot. And the third horse, who um, I guess if I had to pick three, would be uh, the three, Ollie Boy. And again, it's so hard to pick horses because there's a race where odds dependent. I don't want Owendale two to one race, anything close to that. Same thing with Ollie, my boy. I don't want him at like three to one or seven to two. But if he's six to one or something, which I don't know if he will with Irad, you know, then I'm okay with him. Uh, there's a horse who, four-year-old, could be improving. As a four-year-old, his first race, January 14th, he won pretty easy. I don't know if he beat much. And then last race, it favored closers. I thought he had a good setup. Again, don't worry about the times. I almost never look at times. I mean, I look, but I don't really care. I don't worry how the races run. Was there pressure on the front end? You know, where was it long shots on the front end who quit? All right, well, then maybe it's not necessarily favorites uh, or closer favored race or was it like key horses who had a good chance who were on the front end and they faded? Then, you know, then it definitely probably was a closer race. So in this case, I my boy had a good setup last race. It was, um, who, who was it? Cowboy Diplomacy, who was seven to five, basically dual locally owned horse I used to like, who was kind of tailed off. He was 12 to one who faded towards the back. But I thought that was a decent pace duel. So I thought it favored um, closers. So I thought he got a good setup. He did hit the gate and get out to a, a slightly slow start. So that 91 buyer, I don't know, was saving ground to set up, I think more than overcame the slightly slow start. So I don't even think he got a 91 buyer, but he has room for improvement. So I don't love him. I don't really like anyone in this race. So, so Roadster, Owendale, who I don't want a short price, and Ali, my boy, would be the ones I like. I, I'm not really an enforceable fan, the five. I know he likes fairgrounds, but his race two back, he had basically like a perfect trip. He put up a huge speed figure, kind of an aberration though. He hadn't run anything close to that. And then he came back. He had a good trip last time. He had no excuse, unless it was like a bounce, if you're a believer in that. But he has one race that's good enough to win this. One race. And it was with a perfect trip, which who knows, maybe he gets it here. But I don't know. I just think that race was, was an aberration dressed up. I know he's a decent horse, but I don't want enforceable unless he's a big price. Uh, Sonneman, I, I always root against this horse, and I feel bad because – the owners I hate for taking away from Mark Hennig, who I think is a good horseman, a good person. So I, I don't like that they took the horse away when Hennig did absolutely nothing wrong with the horse. So I root against that horse. But as far as betting him, I don't know. A lot of them ran behind Maxfield, and Maxfield's a good horse. But I can't tell the difference between Sonneman and Chesh Chief. I mean, are they different? I guess Sonneman's a four-year-old, so he could improve. So I, I choose him over Chesh Chief. But again, I don't really have strong feelings here. So having said that, I shouldn't have spoken so long, but what are your thoughts here? Maybe you have a stronger opinion and can talk me into something. I've, I've gone by the, um, 
great handicapping angle of by process of elimination. And I've basically narrowed this race down to two, two horses. Um, as we witnessed uh, the great Maxfield, the great Maxfield after he was so wonderful and winning here at fairgrounds, went out to the left coast at Santa Anita and went off, I think, four to five or whatever and ran fourth. Um, so any horse that ran behind him, uh, I, I am putting a line through. So that Ooh, eliminates. That's a mistake. Well, let's not talk about, He let, was over bad, but he didn't run badly. He ran a good say, race. Well, let's say it was a mistake. Again, better than these. Next Great week one. when oh, one of these horses win. First of all, <laughs> First of all, the four Captivating Moon may not even run. He's he's right. he's entered in the next race, but uh, he's I think he's got an easier spot in here. Probably, yeah, <laughs> and he's, so, he's better on the turf, but there's an easier race. So, but he 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 ran eight lengths behind um, Maxfield, so draw a line through him. Enforceable, <laughs> eight lengths behind Maxfield. <laughs> he ran in February. Put a line through him. Chest Chief. Three and a quarter back, last time out, put a line through him. <laughs> uh, Mo Mocito Rojo, put a line through him, 14th back. Oh, well, well, but that's okay. Sonoman, um, second to Maxfield. Might, might improve, but still, anyway. All right, so, so I've eliminated it down to three. My three. All right, I, I can't endorse a horse that's been off for – more than a year, leaves Baffert's barn. Remember Roadster? It seemed like it was just yesterday. Roadster won the Sanania Derby and was going to walk home in the Derby. You know, it was the, the hot horse in the Derby. Look what happened there. I totally respect Mike Stidham. Um, the horse's workout pattern isn't as smooth as I, I'd like it. You know, he's he, 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 was, he was working good. Uh, in the fall, nice even workouts. He, you know, he started November 19th, November 15th, December 3rd, December 9th, December 16th. Perfect work pattern. All of a sudden, he doesn't work for a month. Red flag. So he comes back, works January 15th. Doesn't work again for almost another month. February 10th, red flag. He misses a, a work after February 10th, but then he, he's, he's back on, on a schedule. I like the fact that he's got six, six furlong works in those last three. I trust Mike Stidham, but still, I think it's a hard, hard sell to say this horse is going to be ready uh, to win at this level. Um, Owendale you know, Owendale's like an automatic entry. It's almost like he's got uh, an exception card. <laughs> every race, every stakes race, he shows up no matter where. Yeah. <laughs> 17 tracks, doesn't matter. Midwest, East Coast, doesn't matter. Right. So, I mean, he's the horse is solid. Uh, you know, he just got destroyed by the greatest horse that ever ever uh graced uh, a racetrack i'm um, glad you know in that in someone's mind so there was no shame running uh third by seven to mystic guide but the one that i'm going to be on is ollie my boy 
And I just remembered when we had Tommy Massis on, Tommy was all over this horse up at Woodbine. He really liked how, how this horse was progressing and training. And lo and behold, um, look who missed out on the fact that the horse came south for the winter and won at uh, seven to two and five to two his last two times out. Keeps going up the ladder. The water's getting deeper, but I think I think that this horse has the good. So I'm I'm going to be on Ollie, my boy. All right, and yeah, I'm definitely using the one and three if I bet this, and and maybe the two based on price. I don't want to speak too much more because I don't have a strong opinion here. I already went for a long time, but you know, Maxfield and I, I squeezed it in. I didn't want to interrupt you too much, but you know, Maxfield ran fine. He he, he would win this race probably, Maxfield. So I'm not going to knock them. The problem is they didn't even come close to Maxfield. So. Um, you know, I don't think he really beat much in, in Louisiana. So I, I'm not against your theory or logic about getting rid of those horses. I just think for a different reason, uh, not to not Maxfield too much. But anyway, let, let's go on to race 12. That is the Mooney's. I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing it well, Memorial Classic. You never and, took and, French in school, obviously. Right? No, apparently not. Well, uh, Mr. Rojo, whatever you pronounce that horse, uh, <laughs> I guess you never took Spanish. <laughs> um Anyway, so who shows up? The greatest uh, living turf horse. We saw Mr. Guy, the greatest living dirt horse. Now we got the greatest living turf, turf horse. So we can move, move on to race 13 now, right? Colonel Liam. So, yes, we'll move on to race 13, which is – now we'll, we'll go over this a little bit. Listen, I'm, I'm a little torn, actually, on Colonel Liam here because, listen, you know I loved him last time. He won only by a neck. Uh, it was an easy single, I thought. Yeah, I to two, which was, you know – in the end, a good price. I know it's a short price, but still. Then the horse that just keeps getting better. Now, when I watched the last race live, I thought, wow, he got this perfect trip. Because horses like social paranoia were four wide the whole way. And I just thought Colonel Lean got this great ground-saving trip. And I was like, you know what? Maybe this horse finally peaked because despite that trip, he barely won. Well, I watched the replay. And you guys can watch it out there if you haven't. I know it's early, so you probably haven't depending on when you're listening to this, but I don't recommend listening or uh, watching it. I think he was inside, and at any point Irad wanted to go, he was kind of stuck. He just was behind horses. So, yeah, he saved ground, but I think he just could have easily been closer to the pace, in which case he would have had an easier time. So I, his 99 buyer, where normally I would be like, I would downgrade for saving ground, I really think he had a lot more to give. So I'll say it was a legit 99. I'm not going to upgrade it necessarily because of that, but I'm not going to downgrade it for the save ground. So we went from a 92 to a 94 to a 99. So he's improving. He's a four-year-old, still getting better. And I don't see why he shouldn't get over 100 buyer speed figure in here. And 100 buyer speed figure most likely wins this race. There's only one horse that I think has a chance to beat him if he runs that. So Colonel Liam is a, a probable single. The downside is the price i'm assuming he's going to be probably five to two on the morning line and i think you'll even get shorter than that when the race goes off you get like eight to five seven to five so that's the decision you have to make if you do like him the only other horse i think uh can run if colonel liam runs his race doesn't have trouble doesn't you know have something go wrong uh is the one faster this one i'm not a huge fan of but that's the only horse that incapable of running fast enough to beat colonel liam he obviously put up some huge speed figures uh late last year in the fall so since then, though, he a lot of people think he tailed off, and he probably did. But the race two back at Fort Lauderdale, he got into the huge duel 
with uh, the overrated Halliday and Chris, you know, predictably faded. And that was after the Breeders' Cup. So he, he was probably, uh, you know, on his last legs, if you will, for the year, you know, worn down a little bit. He got in the duel, so it's not as bad as it looks. They give him not much time, but a couple months off. They bring him back a little fresher, probably needed the rest. And he comes back in the, is that the forego, I guess? I don't even know what they call it down at the fairgrounds. The FG race? Uh, I think that's just the fairgrounds. I fairgrounds guess. turf or something. All right, whatever it is. Sorry, I don't know. Um, that race, by the way, if you watch it, was big time in favor of closers. If you were a closer, you had a huge edge the way the race was run. And factor this was dueling with a seven and one shot on the lead who came in sixth, so faded some. Uh, wasn't like that far behind and fade crazy. He was only a length or two behind uh, or maybe a length behind factor this, but did fade and it really set up for closers. So uh, factor this, if he doesn't get in a speed duel here, if he gets loose, definitely could be the main threat, I think, to Colonel Liam. I want to mention one other horse, but let me throw to you so I don't hog all the time. But I do, before we go, want to mention one other horse that I think is a shot that if I was betting vertically, um, I would definitely use because I think will be a little bit of a price. But go ahead. What are your thoughts here, GQ? Uh, yes, and, and the FG is the fairground stakes that the, 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 um, the historical three uh, grade three fairground stakes. Um. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. My apologies to everybody who loves fairgrounds um, <laughs> and Dave Rodman, his, his home turf. Uh, but no, I, you know, other horses I was looking at, but um, I have question and, you know, this horse might be like third choice, the 11 Olympic runner with Johnny V. I think the horse might be a little um, distance challenged. Uh, spread, and, you know, he went a mile and 16th, closed, lost by a neck. He was checked at the one mile. So it, Shows that uh, he, he's still running on, but I, for some reason, I just think he might be hanging in the stretch and just doesn't have enough. Even though you look up and down his finishing line, he's there every every race, and he's been in plenty of graded stakes. So uh, it, this one should be no surprise. Kind of um, like the the fact of the ten horse piece achieved, Declan Carroll. Third, third time, you know, off the layoff is the charm. Uh, he, he's in, improved on his, uh, uh, you know, Brisnet turf numbers. And uh, he ran into a, a yielding turf last time and, and still, you know, kicked on at big prices, you know, 14 to 1 and 34 to 1. So, you know, you're not going to get that price on him this time, but I, I think he, he has a shot. Uh, I, I'm, re I'm really not sure, you know, who's going to go to the lead if there's going to be any, you know, I guess factor this, I'm sorry, factor this is, <laughs> is going to be the one on the lead. And, and for, for that, who knows, he, he might be able to steal it because the other speed in the race is kind of like distance speed, meaning you know that you know there, there's a horse in here that has has speed but he's going long he's coming off a mile and a half race the nine horse conviction trade you know back in january he was on the lead at mile and a half and then at golf stream two mile race you know going back to aqueduct turf uh, nine winners and two other than 
at a mile and an eighth, he was nowhere near the lead. So I, I don't see him on the lead. So you know, the seven, the seven is the one that might uh that might push the pace if anyone does. Two Emmys with James Graham. Oh, okay. Yeah. Although I don't I, know how fast he is. So yeah, I can see that, but that was, that was you know, that was against much much less than factor this. So mm. um, you know, Sean. Sean Br Bridgman right on the rail. You know he's going to have to, to go, and uh, he just might hurt everybody's feelings uh, right from the start and just go out there, be on top by about two or three. And there goes your chalky single. Well, I don't know that I'm singling. I said, but I think Colonel Leon would be a lot closer, assuming the pace is not that fast. In fact, this is alone. I think I'd rather run a smart race. Uh, which is common for him. Uh, just running through the two ninety nine songs too slow. Isn't that oxymoron? <laughs> Something like that. I read and smart. Smart. I read. No. I well. Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> uh, hard punch and I read. I don't know. He <laughs> knocked down Paco. So yeah. yeah hard saw... punch is uh, oxymoron with uh. Last weekend, the Gulfstream gave away I read COVID nineteen bobblehead, but it was missing the boxing gloves. <laughs> there you go um getting back to the race then the 299 assault 91 assault thing is too slow captivating moon had the perfect set last time if if he does run this race as you alluded to before i think it's too slow cross border has a chance it's a nice horse in new york but i don't love the horse but if you're going deep you know it's not a horse uh, i would leave out necessarily and um i'm not going deep though here uh or in vertical bets i think we'll come in the top three or four um logical myth had a great setup in the last race we said it was closer race so i don't want any part of logical myth who i mean is just against weaker and slower Boogie channel i guess could do it but i'm not really a fan conviction trade i don't like easy leads going longer and puff them up so i'm not a conviction trade person the horse i said i wanted to mention uh and that really two of them you mentioned the cassie twins number 10 piece achieved the 11 olympic runner uh piece achieved you already talked about him so i'll just add a little more here and that's it but last race, he was in that fairgrounds handicap, but he was closer to the pace than everyone other than factor this. Um, he was too wide, but fairly close to the pace. He actually got to the lead or just off the lead at the top of the stretch. He was in, within like a half a length or so um, while a couple wide. So he made an early move there. So I definitely think he has room for improvement. And if you look, this horse was off a layoff for an 88 buyer. Came back at a 94, which I think is actually better based on the trip, like a 96 or 90, you know, 7 even. So if he can take another step forward, I don't see why that horse doesn't have a chance here. And Olympic run running against Venezuela hug, who I wasn't a fan of six months ago, five months ago, but I've become a real big fan of. So he ran against a good horse. So, you know, if I had to pick uh, factor this could be the horse because of the speed. Colonel Liam's just the best horse. And then Peace Achieved an Olympic runner would be my, my next two. And I'm not a fan of Pixelate. If you liked him, great. I'm not saying he can't win if he improves off the last race, but uh, I'm not a huge fan. So that's that's pretty much where I'm at. Colonel Liam is the best horse. You're not going to get a price. So we'll see what happens. You ready to go on to 13 or you had more thoughts? No, we're, 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 let's move on. All right. So race 13, the Fairgrounds Oaks, grade two for the Phillies, going a mile and 16th on the dirt. It's a prep for the Kentucky Oaks. And this is an interesting race to me. I guess. Again, we don't have more lines, but I assume that a lot of people are going to see this as Clarier the six in a rematch against Travel Column, and I'm assuming they'll be like the top two in the betting. And there's nothing wrong with either horse. Uh, they've run against each other, I guess, a couple times now. 
uh, last year in the Golden Rod at Churchill. That race, I thought, I thought closers had a slight edge that race. So uh, the fact that Clarier had a very good trip that race, and he came up, uh, she came up short. Uh, I actually preferred travel column in that race. Uh, yes, close, and I thought closers had an edge. But when I write here, squeeze back at the start and lacked room in the stretch. Um, although he did have a good, or she did have a pretty good setup. So I thought travel column was better than Clarier in the golden rod in November. Now it was travel column's third race and Clarier's second race. So Clarier had reason to improve. My point is they were basically the same after that. Um, then they come back both off a of layoff, both in the same race. Uh, and this time Clarier got the better of travel column in that race. I just, uh, now Clarier hit the gate a little bit, it says, and, and, uh, or I wrote, I guess it's seven two, so I wrote it down. So it did happen. Slightly slow start, didn't really kill her anything, but she had a ground saving trip, and she had a decent setup. I don't know if it favored closers, but it, it didn't hurt to be a closer in that race. So I don't know. I mean, it was a good comeback race. Don't get me wrong, Clary is a good horse. Uh, travel column in that race also had a slightly slow start, but she was a little wider, three wide and then two wide. Um, and she was closer to a decent pace. She was pretty much right up on it uh, midway through the race. So I thought Travel Column ran a little better than Clarier last time. I don't think there's, ton, there's a ton between them, but I would definitely give the edge to Travel Column if the odds were equal, but not much separating them. You know, if you like one, you probably like the other. There's a couple others in here, though, that I kind of like. Uh, so I'll talk about the two that I kind of like, and then I'll throw it over to you, GQ. Uh, I wish I had the odds, but I think you'll get a good price on these horses. I'll start with the three, Super Sensational. Super Sensational is coming out of the Rachel Alexandra, the same race at Clarier and Travel Column finished one, two. Now this horse finished six, eight lengths behind, and it wasn't, she wasn't off a layoff. So you're like, wait a minute, she lost them at eight lengths. She wasn't off a layoff. How is she going to make up that ground? Well, she had a, a tough, tough trip. Uh, the horse who's Declan Carroll. I think a lot of people on Twitter, I, I don't follow the fairgrounds, but I, I remember a lot of um, people on Twitter bashing Declan Carroll for a ride. And I think it was on this horse. I'm pretty sure. Uh, she looked like she had a lot of horse left and Declan Carroll had her on the turn and, and exiting the turn looking again, like she had a ton of horse or he had a ton of horse in her and just looking for room, looking in for room, clipped heels, and then lost momentum. I think this horse had a shot, maybe to even win the race. It, it's a lot of guessing because, you know, did he have horse? It looked like he did, Declan. So I, I think that clip heel just killed all chances. And you're going to get a much better price than the others. You're getting a big jockey improvement too. Nothing against Declan Carroll. I honestly don't watch him ride because I don't really follow his circuits much. But I have to think that Johnny V is a big step up. I'm a Johnny V fan and he's getting older, but he's still an excellent jockey. So uh, I can't even read all my notes on Super Sensational, what I want to say. Um, he was getting good. She was getting a good trip, good set until the, the, the trouble. But anyway, so I, I just think that horse had a chance to beat those others. And I would upgrade her a lot and a better price than the other two significantly. And the other horse who I would probably, I can't believe I'm picking a maiden in a green two or a horse off a maiden win against three, two winners, but obligatory, the five, Jose Ortiz and Bill Mott horse ran a very impressive race in his uh in her maiden breaking win it was a one turn mile she was two or three wide she got shuffled back it doesn't say that there but she got shuffled back pretty far like three lengths she lost 
uh, on the back stretch into the turn. Uh, there was a four to one shot in Front Street who had an easy lead and she ran her down no problem. She was so much the best in that race. I thought her 82 buyer was even better than that. The only thing is a class test. She did it against Maidens who um, Front Street came back to run third. However, I hate looking at that. Front Street came in second to obligatory, but Front Street had an easy lead. If she had any pressure, Front Street would have been in the back of the pack, I think. So the fact she came back third is not an awful thing. She probably improved, actually, Front Street. And then uh, the other horse came, or Precipitate didn't come back to run yet. So who knows if obligatory beat much, but she did it so impressively. She lost about three lengths of momentum during the race, so she could have easily put up a high 80s buyer. We'll see. Can she do it against much better company here? I don't know, but if she's at all a price, I kind of like her. So I like super sensational, obligatory. And then, uh, you know, if I had to pick, uh, I guess, Clarier and, and Travel Column, I'd take Travel Column if I had to pick one of them, but they're pretty similar. And the other horse is Zygel, who um, is interesting. She's had trouble in her races. She had a two-length slow start last time. She had a bad start the time before. She's won easily. She hasn't beat anything. The South Florida Phillies were pretty bad, though, so... Price, Irad, Fletcher. I'm not saying don't bet Zygel. Maybe she'll like to stretch out. Uh, Street Sense. I think it was you last week. Maybe you said you like Street Sense uh, stretching out. Maybe it was someone else. That was you, I think. Yeah, I do listen. Uh, but I think Zygel has an outside chance here, too. If she's the price, I wouldn't leave her out necessarily. So I I'm going to try and beat the big two with either the three, Super Sensational, the five, Obligatory. And if I'm trying to beat the big two, I might as well throw in the one, Zygel. Your thoughts, GQ? Well, you're going to change your opinion on Zygel because that's who I like. So you'll say oh, yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 while, while you were talking about the others, I was hoping that you wouldn't touch on Zygel. Sorry, but go ahead. Even, but even though you did. And yes, it is me that um, anytime I see a street sense horse going two turns first time, huge improvement, big improvement. And that was one of my angles for really liking concert tour uh last weekend but here here here's the angle you know you can see in the pps um the horse that ran third desigel in the forward gal came back and won you know that race that was the, the devona dale the we, horse we, we was 52 to dale ever well you know, you know what against those states raised in south florida are so awful this year. Horses with like 60 buyers were, were winning them. So that's my only knock, but go ahead. I see oh, it wasn't like, it wasn't like the horse won by a neck. The horse won by six and a half. If I race my grandparents, you know, I'm going to beat them by 10 lengths. It doesn't mean I'm fast though. So I, I, that's why I don't look, look yeah, like looking at who horses beat necessarily and how they came back to win. Who knows who they beat, what well, they beat. In this case, I know. But I'm not knocking Zygel. In that case, I am for that reason. But uh, anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I guarantee you this horse doesn't go off more than five to one. What do you mean? Goes off higher, you mean? Zygel. Zygel. Well, well, the best price, if you like this horse, you will get no more than five to one on this horse. Oh, you think it's going to be five to one or less, like four to one, something like that? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I don't think so. I, I know it's Pletcher and Irad, but... The six and eight are going to take money. I think the Mott's going to take more money. The five, I think Zygel will be at the fourth choice in here. And nine to two. You think so? I yeah. think more like eight to one, seven to one. I could be wrong. We'll see. I don't know. You know, after, like, like you said, you know, but not everybody has your same opinion, whether it's right or wrong. 
on the South Florida stakes, Phillies. You know, but people are just going to look and say, oh, the horse is two for two. It's Pletcher. It's Irad. You know, grade three, one easy. The horse that ran third came back and won a stakes. Yeah, why not? I'll bet that horse at five to one. I can't bet it at seven to two. But you know what? When I bet it, when they're going in the gate at five to one, I'm happy because I got a price. And then they break and they're halfway around the first turn. And he's like three off the lead and they're showing their odds. And he's three to one. <laughs> Do I get a refund? No, that's why you look at the will page so you know what he's going to go, she's going to be. We always had that disagreement. So, anyway. Okay, so so before you know, thirty minutes before the race, as soon as they show the will pace, I'll know whether or not I'm going to get. Yep. Seven. To you two basically will. You will. Yeah. I, I can't see if. Listen, I'd be shocked if this horse is less than five to one, despite the connections. First of all, yeah, Pletcher and Irad, but look who you got. You got Martin Passy. You got Tom Amos. You got Bill Mott. You got Rasmussen. You got a Cox in here. And horns are winning. You got three, two winners in here. Oh, horses been running against one another at fairgrounds. Yeah, but putting up big figures, they're running well. They won on the Kentucky circuit. I'm not against Nigel at all. I'm just saying I think she'll be a bigger price. That's my only disagreement with you. Um, And I think she is a little slower. Uh, What's that? Or she'll be no worse than fourth choice. Yeah, I think she will be the fourth choice. Uh, I think obligatory will be the third choice. Five to one or more. That's what you're saying. I think it'll be at least five to one. Cause I think Clary air and travel column one will be like, I don't know, seven to five. One will be about nine to five. I think obligatory will be about five to two, three to one. And then I think the next grouping will be Zygel and the three super sensational. And they will be between like six to one and eight to one range the two of them. But I, I could be wrong. I, I'm curious. I want to see it now. Cause I want to see I, if I'm uh I think think you'll get better value on Super Sensational because people won't read into or watch the replay of that last race. All they'll see is, you know, ran six by nine and a half. Yeah. But you're getting Johnny V, you know. Yeah. A a slight upgrade. (laughs) (laughs) I think Declan Carroll will never be a guest on our show now. Um, <laughs> well, hell, when they re- when they retire, Max Fields like Coolmore or something. Coolmore will never sponsor our show because they're like, oh, you're the guy who killed Max Fields, huh? Um, hey, but our our short list of potential yeah. guests is our long list as well. I won't mention what you were saying off the air about someone, although you were nice after, so we won't mention his name because you actually said nice things after you killed him for a second. But uh, <laughs> so uh, no, I think the people who bet big money though, I could be wrong. But I think the people who bet big money know what's going on. So they know the trip super sensational guy. So I don't think she'll be one of the favorites, but I don't think she'll be a crazy high price. But we'll see. Um, so anyway, you, you mentioned Zygel, who you like here, largely because you'll get value compared to the others. Was there anyone else that stood out, whether I mentioned it or not? Um, no, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm just looking at like a newcomer. I, I you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not buying into, you know, the, the local horses are just going to butt heads again and uh, they're going to run one too. I, I'm, I'm just looking elsewhere. That's all. Um, all right. I, and- I think Mott's horse, you know, when it's Judd Mott Farms, you know, they, you know, they can run. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this horse, <laughs> which at a Curlin, Judd Mott, you know, homebred, uh, the dams out of Macho Uno will not have an issue going to two turns. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the more, you, you know, it, 
it'll be a very interesting to see how the live odds pan out. Yeah, and, and I just think this is a very good race to me. You know, we were watching races in Tampa, races in uh, Gulfstream, the three-year-old Philly preps for the Oaks, and those horses are, are I mean, I don't want to say they're terrible because it's not being nice to the connections. They're not terrible. But for the level, they're really, really weak. I think the New Orleans crop, both the boys and the girls, we're getting to the boys now, is it, pretty strong. I, I wouldn't be shocked if you see an Oaks winner and a Derby winner come out of the uh, Louisiana circuit this year. But again, it's a long way to go. Things change in, in a month and a half, two months. Uh, you want to move on to the uh, the finale? Yeah. So so did you settle on anyone particular in this uh Philly race in the Philly race? No, I said I'm, I'm documented uh, on Zyder. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm on the three and the five super sensational, obligatory. Oh, okay. But I said, if I better pick five, I would I would use Zyder because I don't want to lose it. And listen, I hate shows where they're like, and I hate people who said, not hate people, that's very harsh on them. I hate when they say <laughs> you have to use this or you have, like, I guarantee you'll listen to other shows and, and they'll uh, they'll do fairgrounds. And they're like, you have to use Clarier, you have to use Travel Column, you have to use Obligatory. Yeah, yeah, you have to if you want to hit the bet. But if you want to lose money and, and go to the bank uh, to have to get more, yeah, you use everyone. Clarier and Travel Column are good. Listen, if, you, if you're singling a price or something like that, go for it. Throw in all the chalk. But uh, I'm not against Clarier. I'm not against Travel Column. I prefer Travel Column, but I'm not against either one. I, I just think the three and the five are the horses that I would want to bet here with Zydro being the other one I would throw in. So um, now I'm on the record if I wasn't. All right, you ready for race 14? I'll take that silence as a yes. As ready as I'll ever get. <laughs> All right, I think you're flipping pages. I guess that means you're moving on. All right, so Louisiana Derby, the, the big one here, the prep for the Kentucky Derby. And I believe this is it for Louisiana, right? This is their last three-year-old prep race, and there's like six or seven weeks of the Derby, if I'm not mistaken yes. about that. Yeah, it, 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 culminates, yeah right. it culminates with the Derby. And I believe the Louisiana yeah, Derby is not Le Comp, the Risen Star. It's, it's the LeCompte Risen Star Louisiana Derby. All right. And I believe that there have not been either any or many winners of the Louisiana Derby winning the um, winning the Kentucky Derby. And possibly the, the time, a lot of people say the time frame is not ideal that it ends so early. It's kind of too late to run another prep race, but you're off such a layoff that it's not an ideal timing. Uh, that's what I've heard. You know better than me, probably, but um, you have any thoughts on that part of it before we get into the horses? Yeah, the, the, this is pretty pretty much it. Um, pe you know, the, the only horses in here who might come back and run before the Derby is because they're chasing points. Right, exactly. You know, which, isn't, which isn't a plan. <laughs> right. You don't they have something at Turfway uh, like two weeks before the Derby? Uh, yeah, the, 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 if you need like the, 10 points or something. Yeah, the Battaglia. That, that, not, don't want to go off on a tangent, but since you <laughs> mentioned it, such a joke that a synthetic track race is. But the, did they take away the El Camino Real or is that still no, I 10 think still, points? I think it's still points because. Um, Oh, what's the horse that ran there from California? Ron Bauer, I think, went there and got an uh, easy 10 points, something like that, so he can get in the derby. Yeah. Yeah, it, hey, I'm all for letting the smaller tracks, you know, get their little, you know, do. Um, but uh, I don't know. Well, when, when was the last time the winner of the Battaglia came, you know, was a factor in the derby? 
I, I don't think ever, but I don't know offhand. But I mean, think mind that bird, Sunland Park Derby. So you knock the small tracks and you never know uh, what happens, I, right? I, ne I, I never said disparaging things about the Sunland Park Derby. <laughs> that, you never said good things about it either. I never heard you talk about it. But <laughs> <laughs> I was always, I was like, you I never was said disparaging things about William Henry Harrison. I never heard you talk about the guy. Maybe you did. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm anyway. sorry. We, we got off, got off. Yeah, uh, let's, let's get back to this. Now, before I get into the race, though, let's just talk about the different circuits of three-year-olds. So we have the Florida circuit, which is usually pretty strong for the Derby. You had greatest honor running like high 80s buyers and no one else even really close. You have the New York circuit, which has been pretty weak recently because the good New York horses go to Florida. And you have horses running, going into the last race, mostly like, uh, you know, 80s buyers, I think the last race, uh, Wayburn ran a 95 winning. But my point is, into that prep, you had like 80s buyers there. Uh, the horses going into that race. You had Oakland, the Rebel. You had Cattle River running 90, but that was like a, a, a phony 90. So he was not a 90 buyer horse. You had Concentro with the 94 legitimately, but that was it in that race. And then you had um, in California, we have a lot more legitimate horses. So the best preps have been, in my opinion, by far in California, except Oakland. Look at this. These are horses who are running in the 90s buyers, mid-90s already, and they're running against each other. So unless the buyers are off for fairgrounds and they're too, you know, we talked about like Penn National buyers being inflated for whatever reason. I guess whoever does them inflates them uh, unintentionally, I assume. So unless the fairgrounds buyers are inflated, this is the best prep, the deepest prep that we've seen so far. I don't think there's any question about it. I know most people won't agree with me, but I don't think there's any question. And I think that if I had to pick a derby horse today, I would pick a horse in this race. I think Mandaloon would be my derby horse if I had to pick one right now. And I alluded to that at the beginning of the show. This is a horse. He's the sixth horse for Brad Cox and Florent Giroux. I won't try to imitate you too much. He runs in the Lecomte, three back. And I, even though I don't follow fairgrounds as far as betting and stuff, I did watch the, the two uh, prep races. So he runs in, and I watched the replay again to make sure, but he runs in the Lecomte, which was dominated on the front end. He had a three-wide trip and was able to make up ground. Yeah, he didn't win, but I thought he ran really well. It was his third race where Proxy was already in his fourth race and Midnight Bourbon already was in like his fifth race or something like that. So he had more room for improvement. He had a wide trip. He was against pace. I think he was the best horse in that race. So he got a 91. I would upgrade that to like a 94 or something like that. Then he comes back in the Risen Star against these horses. And again, he goes three-wide. But this time with the blinkers on, he's able to make his own trip, be a little closer. And this race wasn't dominated on the front end. It was a fair race about pace-wise. He got a 98 buyer with a wide trip. So I would even upgrade that a little to a 99 or maybe even 100 because the extra ground he covered. So to me, there's a horse who ran like a 94 buyer and maybe a 99 buyer. Only four races this is his fifth race. He's improving. If he runs a 103, I would not be shocked. And that would win this race. That would make him the Derby favorite. In my, he won't be the favorite because life is good. People are bad. But to me, I think he would be the best horse going to the Derby. Doing it legitimately, not with easy leads like life is good. It could be good, but really good. But we don't know. Or I don't know. Maybe people think they know. Uh, so to me, Mandaloon, he's going to run a 103, 102 in this race. And then he's going to win the Derby with a 106, 107. That's my opinion as of now. Now we'll see. Things change. Maybe he doesn't run well. But I'm not even going to play around here. If I better pick five up, I know he's going to be a short price, but I'm just singling Mandaloon. I don't think there's any need to go anywhere else here. You know, the two horns he beat are not bad. Proxy, he's got really, really good trips. In the, in the Lecomte, I said it was dominated by speed, and he was right up on the pace, which helped. And then 
So I don't think that 91 was a 91. I think it was a lower. And then last race, he had a 97, but he saved ground. He got basically a perfect trip, and he wasn't gaining on the end. Mandaloon, he was not gaining on Mandaloon. They could have run around again. Mandaloon would have held him off. So I have nothing against Proxy. He's a nice horse. I think Mandaloon is definitely better. I don't see how he's going to turn the tables. Uh, and Midnight Bourbon, who I actually like a little more than Proxy, I think, two back had the easiest of leads. That 93 buyer is way dressed up. I would not have liked him last time. I wouldn't have bet him last time because that 93 buyer in the top was all about being on a lead. But then last time, I thought he ran a pretty good race. Um, you know, he was uh, stalked by a long shot and kind of faded a little bit. But, you know, I, I definitely think he was kept honest last time. So that 96 buyer is probably about a 96. So he improved a lot. So with Proxy, I don't think really improved all that much, a little bit. I think Midnight Bourbon actually improved a little more, but it's hard to separate Proxy and Midnight Bourbon in my opinion. So both of them are similar. I, I would prefer Midnight Bourbon, but I said, I'm not going anywhere other than Mandaloon. There was one or two I want to talk about, but I, I'm hogging the spotlight here. So I'll throw it over to you. And before we wrap up, I'll just talk about one or two horses if you don't get to them. So go ahead, GQ, your thoughts. Okay. All right. So you're throwing it over to me in the shadow of the corner since you have the spotlight. <laughs> you wait a minute. For our listeners, you asked me to go first in all the races. I got to throw that out there because they're all thinking I'm this a hole who talks all the time and doesn't let you speak. But well, you that, 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 so that's the plan. That's the all plan. Right. And then you knock me for it. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to point out something and I, uh, put you on the spot, and it's unfair. Do you know that uh, there's a horse in here that is a half to a four time graded stakes winner one of which is a breeder's cup race uh i'm looking at the mommies um, the only sire the only dam that rings a bell is panty raid could it be proxy or am i off uh you're only off by one position well it's... that's not really close so it's either <laughs> three or the five uh i i guess how about the five we'll go with yeah hot rod charlie's mommy is Indian Miss, who also gave Indian life Charlie. to Vitoli. Uh, what about Indian Charlie? No? No, no, no. The the dam, Indian Miss. Right. Gave gave birth to Matoli. No, I understand that. You know that. who Matoli is? I, I've heard of the horse, right? Turf, long, <laughs> mile and a half on the turf. No, but what I'm asking is, and maybe Indian Charlie is no, too no, old. No, 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 no. Breeders' Cup Sprint winner. I British <laughs> Cup Sprint. Did Indian Miss also give birth to Indian Charlie? I'm asking, or is Indian Charlie too old? I don't even. That was a long time ago, right? But maybe she's an no, old. No, that Indian Miss. Indian Miss's daddy sire is Indian Charlie. It says it right there. All right, on the all right. Program, well, on your past performances. I'm not into the breeding, but you're right. I didn't look at it, so I apologize. <laughs> no problem. I had Oxbow in the Pimlico. Uh, in the you know, like, Dad. Yeah, the um. Yeah, that, Lucas. That, yeah, uh, yeah, Oxbow. Uh, it's still, you know, on the bottom side. Matoli was not a two-turn horse, so uh, I really can't say much about uh, that one. But um, logic. Yeah, I. You know, hey, um, right behind what was up until last weekend. Um, the horse you were high on, Medina Spirit. Uh, and he lost a neck uh, behind her. So I, I bet her in that race. I bet him in that race. And that's where 
Medina Spirit got the uh, the Baffert second wind. Uh, we can guess why. You know, the Jason Servitore Navarro second wind that Baffert horses get. Uh, but Hot Rod Charlie had a great trip that race, I thought. You know, a little wide maybe, but Joel gave him a good ride, and he just kind of couldn't go by Medina Spirit. So uh, I'm kind of off of Hot Rod Charlie here. But it was his first race off a little bit of a layoff, so he can improve. I'm not, like, totally against the horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it, and I, I guess, wink, wink, uh, Doug O'Neill took a sabbatical. Um, he's uh, he, he, his, his, his longtime assistant, uh, Londero Mora, will be uh, putting on the tack, as they say, for Hot Rod Charlie in the Big Easy. But uh, hey, uh, I like I like you're you're preaching to the choir with Mandaloon, but you know a little bit more than I would would be touting. But you know, I got to pull it out. We're on the last race. We're running out of horses to talk about, <laughs> and since he's got the man, the man's in the irons. Florosu on top <laughs> in the Louisiana Derby. So, and who was that supposed to be? That was still. That, that's supposed to be John John Dooley here at Fairgrounds. Awesome, very good. If I watch Fairgrounds, I know what he sounds like, but I actually do a little bit. Know what he sounds like. Every time I Armin. say that's who I'm uh, impersonating. Absolutely. But since you have no idea until you watch these races on Saturday, <laughs> will you understand? Uh, yeah, you, you might have something there with Mandaloon. Go, go uh, put a hefty uh, future bet on him. Yeah, um, I'm not into those. The odds go down below five to one. <laughs> in the yeah, future. I can't bet future bets. I, I think that's a sucker bet. We won't get into that now. But uh, don't call yeah. Mandaloon. He's not going to get a big price, you know, but... I, even in a short price, I, I don't see this horse losing unless something, you know, horrible happens here. Uh, there was one other horse I want to mention. So we mentioned Proxy and, and Midnight Bourbon. Hard to separate them. I, I actually give Midnight Bourbon a little edge, and Midnight Bourbon will be a better price than, than Proxy because Proxy's getting talked up. So those two are fine. Hot Rod Charlie, I said, he had a really good setup in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. He had a really good setup last time. He would have to improve, but it's possible he could improve. So And he got the great Joel Rosario. So I'm not against the five, you know, four, five, seven to me are, are somewhat similar. Uh, but Mandaloon is just ahead of them. The only other horse I wanted to mention, because uh, I don't think, I think there's only one other horse that has a chance here. And that's the um, three horse uh, run classic, who I don't really think has a great chance here, but if you're trying to get him in the number, uh, this horse would look very impressive breaking his maiden. The problem is I don't know who he's beating. So he, he's got to improve a lot in the 85 buyer, but I, I thought he looked pretty good in that race. So, you just I mean, to beat Mandaloon, who to me is the best horse going for the Derby right now. It's not going to happen. So uh, he's not terrible here. Uh, and I don't love the others necessarily. But uh, yeah, I'm just on Mandaloon. I'm not going to bet the race. If I do bet a pick five, it'll be single despite the short price. And I'll hope the others take money because they were close to him and they've kind of alternated wins. And I'm hoping people aren't going crazy about Mandaloon. You want to uh, you want to finish up on the race with anything? No, I, you know you're you're six. Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll give Hot Rod Charlie a fighting chance to pull the minor upset. So I, I'd go six five. All right. So uh, just to wrap up, a pick five ticket here. If I played uh, race ten, two twelve, Dominga, and uh, catch a bid or horses I would use. 
I don't think I'd go deeper there just because I'm singling a, a, a pretty short price. So I don't want to spread too much. If I better pick five here, uh, Delica, you know, the other horses all in the shot we mentioned, but I would just go 212 there. In the 11th race, the New Orleans Classic, I, I would stick with the one rose through the three outing my boy. Maybe throw an Owen down, but again, it's going to be a short price. I have to think about the odds a little more uh, of the horses to see what to do and what his odds are. Uh, in, in the 12th race, Colonel Liam is going to be tough. I'd probably single Colonel Liam, but now I'm singling two short prizes. That's why I'm not going deep, though. So if I bet $8 into it, it's okay, but it only pays $110 uh, for eight bucks. Uh, factor this, I think can be tough because the horses rounding back into form and races aren't as bad as they look, we said. Uh, and then the two Cassies, Peace Achieve the 10, I would lean to at a price, an Olympic runner. So at most, I'd go four deep there, but uh, I can't see doing that. And then uh, we mentioned the 13th. That's where I'm going to try and beat the two favorites, Clarier and Travel Column, though they can definitely win. And we said I would go 3-5, and, and I'd probably throw in the one Zygel because a little bit of a price. And then I'm just singling man lose. So I don't have a big, uh, a big ticket here. As far as the bet of the week, I have our totals. They're not too pretty, but like I said, it's disappointing last week because you can watch the replay if you don't remember it, guys. But uh, my horse, they came in third to, uh, to uh, what's his name? Concert tour got bumped and it kind of sucks, but it happens in horse racing. So I'm down 205. You're down 170 for the year, uh, for, for the year, meaning going back <laughs> to our first show. So uh, do you have a uh, bet of the week here? Yeah. I Boy, I have, I have a couple uh, choices, choice losers to throw in uh, the $20 challenge. Um, or at least I, it's, it's not a $20 challenge. We were, what is it, the $40 we said? The, the top, yeah, yeah. So, uh, okay. Um, here's where I'll go with this. Um, I'll put my money where my mouth is. Shit. I'll use you as my sounding board. <laughs> what would be a better bet as far as value goes? $20 win in the 11th race on the three, Ollie, my boy. We don't know what the, uh, what the morning line is, so that's tough. Right. I think he's definitely going to be a price. I mean, this is the first time he's in a, a stakes race. I don't think he'll be a price. Really? Nope. I think roads to a is that because is that because you think everybody's going to listen to my glowing um, reason for why you throw out all the others? Well, let me ask you. I know we want to finish up here, but who's going to take money over the three? Maybe Owen, definitely Owendale, uh, and maybe Roadster. That's to... it. Who's going to take money out of the other horses? I don't see anyone else taking money in that race. Oh, maybe enforceable people will laugh to, oh, but so, I don't think so. No, no, man. People no, will be sucked in know. by the memory of Roadster. He's gonna, the yeah, three is going to be the second wait, wait. choice, maybe third choice at most. But anyway, so what's the question? The three win on him. So, you so get the value. question would be: for for better value, would you make a twenty dollar win wager on Ollie, my boy, in the eleventh, or a twenty dollar straight exacta in the twelfth? Number one, factor this over your world's greatest turf horse, Colonel Lamb. Forget about opinion, just value, straight value. What would be a better value? <laughs> nice. I think I know the situation. You tell me, when you win on a, on a three to one, one shot a or five to two shot, or a, a straight exact on the 
you know, the, the, the second choice over the five uh, to two over the, uh, you know, eight to five. I can't answer it. I, I don't I, know. I, let, let's put it this way. I, we, we, you're the, 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 the listenership of this podcast will skyrocket if this comes to fruition. You're saying Ollie, my boy, is going to be five to two? Yes, three to one, five to two. If me, this me, horse me, goes me. off at if this horse goes off at three to one or less, yeah, this will be the last time people will hear me on this podcast. <laughs> you know what? A lot of people are running to the windows to bet thousands on this horse now. I might do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and the listenership of better betting will go through the roof. It'll be it'll be like you know, Reddit, the, you know, the, the, the stock guys putting on GameStop. All of a sudden, I'm GameStop. And yeah, but who's like, going to do the hey, Florent Giroux? They're short and quill. Let's, let's jump on and on this podcast. <laughs> who's going to do all the impersonations? We need you. Come on. Oh, gosh. So are these your two fabulous bets? Are you trying to make everyone go broke by telling them to bet the chalk? Okay, well, and no, I'll, no, do what you want because I don't want you. Then. You always wait, yell at me no, no, like no, a no, horse no, comes in no. second. And you oh, I could have bet, please. <laughs> you get angry at me. No, no, I'll go to my third choice then, since oh, this geez. horse, this horse will definitely be a price because he's not going to be any better than fourth choice. And you know who I'm talking about. That's why I thought you were going to bet the way you were talking about her. No. <laughs> so how much is that? What you want? Listen, so, you know what's going to happen now. Ollie, my boy, is going to win. And you're going to be pissed that you didn't bet him to win on the show. Ollie, my Hopefully boy, will, will breeze at six to one. So <laughs> Ollie, my boy, will romp at six to one. <laughs> well, listen, it is true. we should be able to say, like, you know, a bet based on certain odds because there are some no, bets that we. No, because I'm not that guy who says, <laughs> oh, Ollie, my boy, is three to one. I can't bet him at that price. I, I'm that guy, but anyway. Well, and you—you are in the majority. I'm in the minority. Well, you sh- it should be that way. But anyway, because, so what do you want to well, do? You want to go Zigel? No, because Zigel will run third probably. So, so bet show. Why not shoot a show on Zigel? That's your go-to <laughs> bet. Jake, <laughs> where's Jake? <laughs> okay, uh, this is going way too long. I know. I'm waiting for a bet here. This is going to be a crappy bet. Why whatever. Keep talking everything well don't listen Give to me, me 20 to win on ollie my boy all right so you got 20 win on ollie i'm writing it down so i don't mess up because i'm going to be confused you spoke for uh, an hour on three different bets 20 to win on ollie my boy and i'll tell you what see I, and one thing i'll make another excuse because i made about 11 of them today i'm trying to keep my bet simple for bet of the week you know like for example i'm just saying an exact or whatever there are i would bet it so many different ways so i'm going to go to race 10 the first race in the sequence now, in this race, I said I like the 12, catch a bit, and I like Dominga. What I would do is I would bet the two of them in triples and supers where they got to come in first and second or first and third, and then I'll have some other horses. But I'm trying to keep it simple. So bear in mind, that's my, my main bet. But I would bet an exacto too. But I'm just going to bet an exacto for the show to keep it simple. So I'll do the simpler bet for the show. Uh, so I'm going to do a 2-12 exacto. I'll tell you what, even though I like catch a bit more, uh, should I just do an even box? You know what? They got the rabbit in there. Maybe to help Domingo. I'll do a $20 exact box. The two Domingo over the 12 catch a bid. So I'm two, 12, $20 exact box in race 10 
at the fairgrounds because every bet I make, I want to be able to cash at least a thousand bucks. And I didn't do the math, but that should get me there. I mean, All right. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I missed, I missed, I missed how far in the hole both of us are. Oh, are you yeah, sure. Make me repeat that to make us look bad. Well, I was close to up 800, but, uh, well, no, <laughs> because, excuse. because you, you keep battling, you keep betting double what I bet. So we're both losing. So the gap keeps. Exactly. I told you. Well, now you're ahead. Time. You're down 170. I'm down 205. Thank you for making me say it three times on the show now. So everyone knows how sucky I am. But uh, yeah, that's what it is. You're up 35 oh. bucks on me. I'll say it that way. That sounds better. You're ahead 35 bucks. And if I lose this week and you lose, then we have 55. That's your strategy. But I said, I just got to cash once. I said, by the end of March, I'll, I'll get in the positive. I thought I had it last week. I didn't, but I, I won't be in the positive. Exactly. All right. And on that note, <laughs> we'll end it there because we had a nice quick show that ended up turning into a long show the last 20 minutes there. Have a great weekend. Good luck if you're uh, if you're wagering. Good luck in the fairgrounds or else you're wagering. We look forward to seeing you next week. Take care all. Bye-bye.